Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. This is Rohit from Life Self Mastery, and today I'm excited to have Mikhail Enani, who is the managing director at Apollo Finvest. Mikhail had earlier led products at Hotstar. I was an early employee at Copan Dunia and he was also a co-founder of PharmEasy. Uh, Mikhil was an alumni of Carnegie Mellon. Uh, thank you uh, to Ajit Podar from Gamer Capital for introducing me to uh, Mikhil. Welcome to the show, Mikhil. Hey, amazing to be here. Happy to, happy to have us uh, being introduced by Ajit. Awesome. You know, uh, you have a very interesting uh, background because uh, you, uh, you're a CEO at uh, Apollo Finvest, but before that, you know, you've uh, led products at, at Hotstar and you were also co-founder of, of a large, uh, you know, uh, tech company, which is PharmEasy. Uh, and, and now you've, uh, uh, you've gone back to, uh, uh, you know, Apollo uh, a company and you, you leading a, a fintech company. Uh, you know, what led you to get into startups and uh, what made you start Apollo Finvest now? Yeah, I mean, uh, really, I mean, super interesting question. So, you know, my journey really started back in, you know, back in 2011, once I graduated from CMU, um, you know, the plan was always essentially to come back and, you know, uh, head back and sort of, you know, do something in the Indian ecosystem. Uh, that was always an attraction when I kind of went there. And, you know, uh, going there, I would say was, you know, pretty life changing. Uh, you know, there are few moments in your life where you look back and you feel like you know there are things which really change you and I think CMU was one of the you know uh, some one of the moments where I would feel definitely was life-changing because I ended up meeting colleagues uh, you know over there who were just honestly inspired in life and you know wanted to kind of go ahead and make a difference and uh, really very very talented individuals um, you know and that kind of really uh, inspired me in fact even till this date, right? Like uh, the CMO uh, ecosystem in, in Bombay, in fact, like is so large, right? And, uh, you know, it's so funny. Uh, I had about five, you know, five odd roommates uh, at CMU, uh, you know, three of us living at one point in time uh, in different kind of, you know, times during the semester. And all of us uh, have come back to India and started companies, right? And, oh. you know, all of us are working in the startup ecosystem, you know, uh, which is fantastic, right? Like, you know, uh, Dhruv Sang, uh, Dhruval Sangvi is basically the founder and CEO at Loginex. Right. Um, you know, Pankit Chadha is was uh, and is the founder at uh, you know InVideo, and and of course uh, you know Hardik basically is 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 uh, one of the co-founders at Dial Health, which is one of the largest distributors in the pharma space. Uh, you know, in in India. Interesting. Uh, so, I guess you know, super inspiring bunch to be a part of. And obviously, after that, you know, my journey was basically, uh, you know, I came back to India, uh, wanted to kind of get into the startup ecosystem, was one of the early team members at Coupon Dunia. Uh, yeah. I met Samir and, you know, uh, it was a, a pretty cool interview to have. Uh, I, I do remember, you know, uh, we, we spoke about actually, you know, uh, playing FIFA and that was one of our favorite games on PlayStation. And we kind of hit it off, uh, you know, talking about those things. And, you know, it was it was kind of a fun place to go to work, uh, basically, because I discovered Coupon Dunia, honestly, one day while I was ordering Domino's when I was back in India, and I was just typing Domino's coupons, and I saw, you know, Coupon Dunia being one of the top three links. And I was like, the site looks interesting. Uh, so I joined that company, right? And I yet remember when I joined, my entire family was like, you know, and, and the website looks, looked pretty bad you know at that point i mean it looked like a really bad college project in one line right and uh, people actually told me this in my family that you know what are you joining this funny sounding company coupon dunya uh, it looks like you know college project which would probably get an f uh, you know by the professor and i was like you know it doesn't really matter because i i, I felt confident of you know the people that i was joining uh, you know i felt confidence in samir and obviously that was again a very crucial point in my career because it was like, you know, uh, it was the first time I ever got to, you know, really experience how do you, you know, manage something, you know, it's almost like I always say this, like when you work in an early stage company as a, as a early stage team member and not a founder, 
I feel it's a fantastic experience as long as you know the founder is somebody that you can learn a lot from, because it's almost like I feel it's all of the it's there's there's a lot of reward without necessary all all the risk, right? Because there's a lot of pressure being a founder and you know the you know the weight of the world is on you because if it doesn't succeed, you know uh, there's there's investors, there's team members who are you know you you feel like uh, you know their future kind of depends on you in certain ways, but you know, being an early team member, uh, you kind of get to experience a little bit of being a founder uh, and kind of learn from their mistakes and learn from obviously their strengths as well, right? So that's, I would say in a way, Coupon Dunya was like training wheels for me about how do you do the best stuff about, the, you know, how do you do the best things right in a company versus, you know, what are certain things you should avoid? Uh, and, you know, I think that's where we got the importance of culture and, you know, what it really means to have like a really A plus team, um, you know, and before that, obviously you read a lot of books and everybody tells you, you know, culture is super important, but you know, until you feel it, you don't, you don't know what that means, right? Culture is such a weak word. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Coupon Dunya was widely successful. I think we were, uh, we got timing really right, right? Because at that point in time, obviously online shopping in India was taking off. And whenever online shopping, you know, really takes off, obviously aggregators end up winning because, uh, you know, everybody's trying to get eyeballs and, you know, throwing out coupons left, right and center so that, you know, people come on your website, click to their website and, you know, their, it generates more revenue for them. So we were caught in that perfect storm. And obviously, you know, then Times Internet came in, you know, uh, they bought us out and, you know, that was like my first exit, uh, which I got to see firsthand. And that was a very unique company uh, because Coupon Dunya didn't raise any VC capital, nothing like that. It was, you know, just basically completely led by Samir uh, with, you know, a little bit of stake, you know, handed around with a few other, you know, few other people, but largely, you know, it was completely driven by Samir, which was a very interesting way, obviously back then, uh, you know, to build a company where most of the people around you are raising, you know, VC capital and going in a very different direction. Then obviously, uh, you know, coupon, uh, Farm Easy happened. Um, so Farm Easy was very, very interesting. Uh, you know, it was, I remember when I started Farm Easy, basically our biggest advantages there was the fact that, you know, day zero at Farm Easy, we pretty much had, you know, the early stage employees from Coupon Dunya join us at Farm Easy as well. So I was employee number four at uh, Coupon Dunya. And I think employee number five, six and seven, something like that ended up joining us day zero at, at, at Farm Easy, right? And, you know, again, the power of team chemistry is so important because, okay. you know, uh, it was almost as if, you know, we just switched the location, uh, but it felt like, you know, the, we just continuing to work together. So the chemistry was just so high that we were executing at, you know, light speed because uh, it was just everybody was so in tune. Right. Everybody knew their job. Everybody knew what the other person expected, how the other person worked. And that's a, such an unfair advantage to have, you know, when you're doing an early stage company, because that trust, that chemistry, that, you know, you know, that in a way brainwaves matching is so, so, uh, you know, so powerful that, you know, we were like a rocket ship, right? So I think, you know, within just a year of uh, Farm Easy, I think we were doing you know, phenomenally well, uh, obviously we had crazy product market fit. Uh, and I yet remember when we launched at Farm Easy, right? It was, uh, it was the, the MVP of all MVPs, right? So essentially, literally, uh, you know, the first time we launched at Farm Easy, there was two screens on the app. The first screen, uh, you know, which had a massive camera button on it, right? Uh, and, you know, in big, you know, letters, it was just written, uh, take a snapshot of your, you know, or take a prescription photo and get 20% off your order. You know, people could take one photo, like users could take one photo. And on the next page, we were taking the phone number of the user. Like there was no place for the user to even put his name, no place for the user to even put his address, right? We only had a photo of a prescription and a mobile number to go off. That's it. That was the app, right? And we yeah. launched it, I think in a matter of three or four hours, because the question really back then was, you know, will people order medicines online, right? Because, you know, it may seem, okay, now it makes sense. You know, if you have a chronic illness like diabetes or something like that, it, it's something that, you know, every month you're going to keep ordering and it's like a subscription thing. Obviously that's, that's a fact now, 
but back then you know pretty much everybody was like nobody's going to be ordering medicines online right because if anything of medicines you're sick now you want the medicine now right okay. uh, and we actually discovered that ourselves because in the orders that we were getting even at the early stages most of them were chronic illnesses like diabetes high blood pressure things like that right and we kind of optimized pharmacy completely for that kind of subscription flow because that's where we saw the ltv you know was the highest from a customer standpoint and secondly you know that's where we felt we can really make a difference for those that's that cohort of customers right because they needed us the most i mean when you have i don't know cold fever etc i mean you may use pharmacy as a one off thing but you know that's that's not really what pharmacy was optimized for at that point in time um yeah so i mean you know pharmacy was going really well at the series b stage you know uh, one of the things i kind of realize is that you know once you raise money you know very very quickly uh entrepreneur mistake 101 is that you know you dilute a lot of your stake Correct. right uh, and i think by the time uh, you know i kind of moved on we had raised almost 100 million plus dollars nice. and you know and that point in time like i really asked myself the question that you know what do i really want to accomplish with my life and you know what are my kind of goals uh and one of the things i really wanted to do was to build something at at massive scale right and what i mean by massive scale is really india kind of scale or uh you know world scale that that was some one of the ambitions i had and you know back then i remember having early stage conversations with hotstar and you know hotstar is super early stages that time right so okay. it was led by varun uh, who had just moved back from la Uh, you know to join hotstar and head you know their engineering and their product team he was one of the evps there and uh, you know he pretty, pretty much just told me this that you know uh, i want you to come in and you know build a world class team here uh, you know take all of the things that you've learned with you know farmeasy and coupon dunia and just replicate the same thing here you know because back then when i joined uh, or was thinking about joining hotstar right uh, Hotstar's entire product and tech was completely outsourced to Accenture, uh, and this is one of the little-known facts, I guess, and which is not kind of well publicized. But Hotstar's entire tech was completely outsourced, right? But you know, kudos to them, and you know, kudos to Varun and Ajit. You know, they had the vision, and they had a very clear mindset that you know we cannot build a billion-dollar company, a tech company, without tech being outsourced. Right. right and as obvious as that seems it's not very natural for a media company you know they were a media company first back then you know to have that kind of belief and and uh, you know take on that task when it doesn't come you know first for the company uh, you know but that's where you know they were absolutely uncompromising right and and kudos to them where they literally you know just opened all the doors for me right they literally said you know what come in you know think that there is no problem when it comes to capital just go out and build a world class team you know which can help us build a platform you know which takes us to the next level right and over i guess you know roughly 18 odd months we ended up you know doing two huge things there right one is obviously we built like a 200 plus team members uh, across product and engineering across you know bombay bangalore and even you know china because the kind of scale that we saw you know we went from when i joined we were at 7 million monthly active users you know by the time i exited we were at 250 million monthly active users oh. right uh, so very honestly from an engineering standpoint and the kind of challenges that we saw you didn't even know who to ask questions for right i mean you couldn't hire people in india for sure uh, even in the valley you know we did not find a company that we can benchmark and be like you know what that company would have seen this kind of scale so let's you know try and get some help or hire people from there it was literally us trying to figure this stuff out with whatever we can understand right because we were growing so so fast um so this phenomenal time there i mean we broke literally world record when it came to concurrent users on a video stream right i think remember i remember there was a uh, india pakistan match where you know the last uh, number of users on a concurrent stream live was around 7 or 8 million which was the world record and we got to i think uh, you know 9 or 10 million or something like that and it was just insane right like we had people from uh, literally we had people from youtube in our office you know uh, to see how we are delivering dynamic ads at that kind of scale right because uh, 
and they were just there honestly to observe right like nothing else right which was just phenomenal like and those days were so exciting we used mm-hmm. to actually by the way during all of these key events we were all in office right obviously watching the game but more importantly making sure you know things don't go bad right like you know making sure uh, everything kind of working perfectly and you know a lot of people obviously com- keep complaining that you know the stream quality isn't the best you know it should be like hd quality things like that but one of the things people really underestimate is you know what it takes to keep a stream you know even up you know with that kind of uh, you know that kind of uh, you know momentum of concurrent users hitting your servers it's it's a very very uh, different problem to kind of manage and take care of right uh, and it was just crazy times uh, obviously like phenomenal time there uh, you know worked with some of the best people i've worked for you know worked in the industry there really and uh, obviously you know then the big news happened where you know disney came in and you know uh, acquired star and of course with that they got the crown jewel which was you know hotstar um you know hotstar obviously launched internationally we launched in us we launched in uk i think you know now obviously maybe it's available in even more countries because uh, now at this point in time it's just like you know from a technology standpoint it's like a box that we created uh and star owns like you know majority a good you know amount of content right by default so you can literally take this box and launch it in whatever country you want to right uh, it's just right. a flick of a switch right. uh so it's very very modular in its construction so it's very very powerful it's 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 insanely powerful as a platform uh and obviously when this acquisition was happening you know my entrepreneurial itch was acting up and you know i really wanted to get back into the game uh and one of the areas which i was super interested in of course was uh one of the you know reasons for me to get into you know what we am doing at apollo and a little bit of a back story is obviously i had you know i would say there were three fundamental reasons why you know i'm building what i'm building at apollo right so yeah. uh, one is when i was at farm easy right and and we were growing like absolutely crazy one of the very obvious problems you know uh, which i encountered was the fact that obviously we were raising money like you know left right and center in terms of equity capital right but uh, you know our partner pharmacists right which actually had it had to scale up in order to serve the kind of demand that we we were getting they needed working capital loans right and these were guys who had gone from earning like 20 30000 rupees a month in terms of profit like pre pharmacy to post pharmacy earning anywhere between you know 2 to 3 lakh rupees a month right wow. in terms of profit right so it was life changing for them right. and you know as with any marketplace right like you know some of these guys were really excited and wanted to go to the next stage right and wanted to serve more more people but they needed financial support right they needed working capital loans things like that uh and these guys were guys who had maybe 5 10 lakh rupees working capital and you know for them a half a day's order used to be 5 lakh rupees right so it was just too much momentum right and one of the big things that we struggled with at farmeasy was actually enabling working capital loans you know for these guys from traditional lenders because all of these guys by the way did not recognize this farmeasy income because they were just like this is an online gig uh you know farmeasy has been around for a few years uh we can't take this as a format of stable income so basically that meant that these guys were not able to get access to any kind of you know formal credit just from a working capital perspective and this just felt like crazy to me because i mean i remember thinking about this that you know if farmeasy is facing such problems with these kind of numbers and these kind of improvements like literally a 10x of the profits i'm not even talking about revenue i'm talking about profits for these uh, you know pharmacies this problem is pretty much replicated i'm sure for everybody right like if you're a seller on any internet company right you could be selling on amazon flipkart zomato uber wherever right you're going to have the same kind of uh, ceiling which you're going to hit that hey you're in, you know you're working in an internet economy and maybe you're not you know that revenue is kind of not recognized uh it's silly right and of course after that lot of things have come to light right where even i mean i've heard like youtubers who are earning like shit ton of money you know they don't end up getting a credit card a lot of these problems basically came to light and you know to add insult to injury when i was and you know this is yet i would say is like a niche problem but the large you know which was like really the thing which hit me which obviously now is very obvious is that when i was working in hotstar one of the primary ways in which we made money of course was ads right so by default we did a lot of demographic analysis and one of the things which came out over there was the fact that 
pretty much only 100 million people are available on the credit bureaus that means about 90% of india does not have access to any kind of formal credit uh okay. and this was just to me just felt insane right because it just felt like what is the point of having you know so many banks and so many nbfcs and everything like that when basically you're ignoring the large chunk like how, how is this even a solution right uh and that's when i kind of you know started thinking in my mind okay what is the solution to this right because like i mean clearly there is something fundamentally broken right i can't think of there is not one thing you can do which will solve the whole problem but there needs to be like a whole ecosystem approach here right um and that's when the brains uh, you know brain cells are going uh, you know crazy about okay how do you really solve the problem from the ground up and you know how i started apollo really right was uh, i actually spent about you know two to three months actually interacting with almost close to 20 to 30 fintech founders or whoever would actually take my call or you know meet me in person you know to understand from them fundamentally what were the challenges they were facing in the industry right Uh, because from a very macro level view one thing was very clear that you know traditional lenders cannot solve this problem primarily because the branches model does not work i mean you can look at the balance sheet of any you know uh, you know new banks just come up and you'll see one of the bleeding areas for them is you know branches because physical branches just don't scale and the average ticket size of a personal loan of a traditional lender is about a lakh and those durations of the loans is like about year two years and things like that and the processing fees is about you know two and a half three percent the reason for that is because the cost of processing a loan for them is around 2 and a half 3000 rupees right so and majority of india actually does not need a 1 lakh rupee loan right they actually need sachet type loans and it's very similar to how you know you think about the shampoo industry right like majority of the stuff that sells over there is 1 to 2 rupees sachets right because that's what india can afford similarly mm-hmm. like when you think about majority of india you can't give them a 1 lakh rupee loan because they will not be eligible for it and even if somehow you give it to them they will not be able to pay such heavy emis back so actually most of india this needs you know money to smoothen out their income right like they just don't they don't need some massive long term loans right for that traditional lenders you know somehow will manage their shit but they just need money to smoothen out those incomes so that you know like they are earning hand to mouth right and whenever there's an emergency or some accident which ends up happening or some urgent money that they need they just need money probably till the next paycheck or like you know maybe 2 3 months and they'll be fine right mm-hmm. um so fundamentally the question and the feedback which i got back after talking to so many fintechs and founders was you know everything's amazing right like i mean there's massive demand there is you know this market is just massively underpenetrated but the biggest problem that they had was literally there was no you know operating system or no Uh, you know kind of blanket default layer on top of which they could build because every traditional guy that they talked to or traditional lender that they talked to was just you know it honestly well, they were not even ready to talk to them firstly because you know traditional guy was not interested in talking to fintechs which were early stage and second is even if they ended up talking to them you know and magically decided and agreed to work with them it would take 6 to 8 months to integrate with them right and that too after that it would be that you know what you have to dance to my tunes because i am going to decide who i'm going to finally do lending to without you know doing any kind of advanced machine learning any kind of you know alternate data nothing of that sort so really the you know frustration which was coming out of all the fintech founders is that what's really the point of me doing this right because in the end of the day if the bank is going to continue giving out loans to the same 100 million people so the tam or the target market you know is not really going up it's just the same 100 million people we are just sourcing it for you more efficiently so almost like i'm doing google ads for you right i'm a digital marketer instead of a digital lender right uh, so this was such a fundamentally uh, you know like important problem to solve right and one of the advantages that you know i had over there was you know apollo finvest was a company which was started by my dad about you know 35 years or back right and so you know for us like lending is in a way you know we've been doing this for three decades right uh, and i had obviously apollo finvest right in my backyard uh, and that's when i started thinking you know what if we basically built exactly the aws version but for digital lending right where 
you know the dream situation or you know innovation really kick starts when the barriers to entry become absolutely flat right like there should be zero barrier to entry as much as you reduce the barriers to entry you're going to have that many number of people attack the problem and the problem then will eventually disappear right it's very similar to obviously aws very similar to you know the ios app store the play store whatever you think of right when the barrier to entry becomes low you're going to have you know many many people attack the problem so for really for the last one and a half years uh, at apollo our number one focus really has been to reduce the barriers to entry in order for any company in india to start doing digital lending in india right and and today like we are fortunate like we work with you know almost 30 to 40 fintechs in the country today you know including the likes of say flipkart tala avail finance sankash nira insta mojo raise pay uh, you know money on click money tap all of these guys right like you know are are working with us and we're very fortunate to have them as partners uh, but our real big focus has been three fundamental things right one is you know we want to take care of the compliance regulation and the license issues yeah. right so that again that's an area we don't want you to focus on at all you know leave that you know leave that part of the work to us so you just focus on building a fantastic consumer facing app really you know amazing algorithms to do your underwriting and finally focus on creating innovative ways for you to collect money from the customer the second big piece that apollo really takes care of right is the underlying operating system for digital lending right and what i mean by that is you know again compliance apis regulation apis ekyc apis uh, you know your digital loan agreements your access to credit bureaus you know disbursement apis collection apis you know a loan management system as a as a saas software right so the way we think about this right this is nothing but a collection of apis which are de facto or standard and needed for any digital lender right so in our opinion this isn't something that people usually innovate on right there's nothing you can innovate on top of this but this is kind of the base layer that everybody needs right and our goal and mission is that you know every as every month goes by we keep making the base layer stronger and stronger because we keep getting obviously the community keeps building on the apollo platform whenever we see you know amazing stuff that other people are doing we just integrated into our platform so that obviously everybody else using the apollo platform kind of benefits uh, of additional features which maybe one person has added on and you know we just pick out trends that we see and we keep integrating it you know into our platform so that for all fintechs and other community members which are using the apollo finvest platform it just becomes you know as easy as flicking on a switch right like recently we we kind of you know integrated the bharat bill payment system right so uh, you know now it's super easy for a person you know who's using obviously the apollo finvest platform to collect their emis using you know uh, you know an app like paytm or google pay or whatever you know anywhere where you typically think about in your mind to make you know bill payments you can just send a link to a customer you know without the customer even having your app he clicks on the link he probably will have the paytm app he probably have the google pay app the phone pay app whatever right it will actually open up inside that and he can make a payment so things like this right which which we think is not like something which one person will do separately it's almost like a platform thing where everybody should be doing this kind of stuff we have obviously enabled that and finally uh, obviously we think about capital right so capital is super powerful and what we do is because we work with such a wide variety of you know fintechs wherever we see opportunities where you know a we understand what they're doing and b uh, you know we see that you know what they're doing is really promising they have good collections and in general the unit economics makes sense apollo actually comes in with their with its own capital and helps them scale up their lending operations as well right so really our mission with apollo is to reduce the barriers to entry when it comes to digital lending so that pretty much any company in india can start doing digital lending in india because one of the things we are very passionate about and you know very clear about really is that 10 years from today right if we are to basically enable access to formal credit in india which is fundamentally important for you know the progress of the country uh because everybody needs access to credit in order to build something and do something which is maybe slightly beyond their means right uh that's just the cold hard reality so if this is to happen this will not be done by one single company uh it's never it's not going to be a one guy dominates all this business is going to have a massive long tail 
Uh, and it needs a massive long tail because that's how you're going to have an inclusive environment where you know people are serving different niches and solving problems you know at scale for for majority of india and not just you know 10% or 5% of india today i have an interesting stat for you to denote that the founder of beautiful lives increased the social media presence by 10x they managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called social pilot social pilot is a cost effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts use lifestylemastery.com/socialpilot to get a 14 day free trial so very interesting because you know you you went talking about how uh, your early journey with coupon dunia what's and farm easy and uh and you know and your learnings from all these companies and how you plan uh, to apollo invest uh, i i want to understand are you looking at only uh, helping out fintech companies or are you also looking at you know marketplaces and and other businesses where you very interestingly pointed out that you know most of them are servicing actually 100 million uh, people only but but for now are you only focusing on fintech companies uh, and you know helping them create apis or are you also looking at other marketplaces or even uh, you know offline companies as well uh, that's a phenomenal question so actually i mean our question uh, you know or our thought process regarding the definition of fintech is actually very different so i kind of make this mistake always by calling you know fintech fintech but what i mean by fintech right is actually like you know my definition of fintech is going to be in such a way where you know probably over the next 10 years every company will be a fintech uh, and the reason why i feel this right is because basically you know let's see the trends which are going on across the world right you're seeing amazon launch their own you know amazon has had their own credit card for like years now apple has launched you know launched their own credit card google is apparently going to come out with their own neo bank uh, you know uber i know is working on you know this it's all over the news uber is working on their own neo bank of sorts uh, you know what's to stop zomato to build a neo bank for you know restaurants right uh, what's to stop uber you know or ola doing the same thing for their you know their set of the you know uh, blue collar workers that they kind of work with right so to me the definition of a fintech is going to be very very different because in my opinion i'm very fairly confident that over the next 10 years most companies are and the way i describe it is whether you're an online or offline company right it actually doesn't matter uh, the only reason why today apollo focuses on online companies is because it's low hanging fruit right it's it's easier for me to do that because i have access to that ecosystem but over the long horizon of time you are absolutely right this is not something which is going to be restricted to you know online businesses in fact i feel the tail you know the tail is going to be even longer for offline businesses because that's majority of india right majority of india is not online majority of india is offline businesses so you know they they are going to adopt these things and you know any company like i always say this internally in the company right like where our goal as apollo is just to spread awareness like that's all we do like apollo's goal you know and our mission over the next 5 years is just to spread awareness that something like this does exist so if you are thinking about you know you know uh, basically starting to distribute your own financial services you can do that using our plug and play platform right where you don't have to have engineering skills you don't have to have i don't know 10 20 engineers or know how to code right that's that's something which we've taken care of you just go out and do the best thing you can right which is you know uh, just figure out who's your customer base what's your advantage when it comes to collections and you kind of focus on those things but for us every company which has a transaction happening right is going to be a financial services company over the next 10 years and the reason is the following right number one you know and the easiest reason i can say is the fact that it's it is a profit center right today imagine if you're a imagine if you're apple right and you are working with so many companies where people are coming in and buying an iphone at 0% emi where apple is kind of doing a part of the subvention you know apple will just be like you know what why am i paying bajaj finserv this much money uh when when i know that bajaj finserv basically takes away the cream customers right and the customers who i feel you know i would love for bajaj finserv to actually finance because it that should really increase my sales bajaj finserv basically says no right because pretty much the whole world knows bajaj finserv's philosophy is basically if you have 750 plus civil score which is basically cream dala you know cream dala cream 
that's when you get you know access to credit from bajaj and that's the reason why their npas are world class right but i think people are waking up and smelling the coffee and saying that you know what everybody's margin is my opportunity right so people are not going to sit idly by and you know let you earn crazy amount of money when they're going to start realizing what you're doing which is basically their best customers you're giving credit to and the customers that you really wish got credit to they're not getting them so and today there is no nothing that they can do about it right because you can't go and push bajaj finsurf to give credit more credit to your customers because bajaj finsurf is the biggest guy out there so there's no competition so eventually what's going to start happening and you know we are ourselves in conversations with some of the mass you know massive or top 3 smartphone manufacturers in india who have made it very clear that listen like we we need a we need to be you know we need to be there when it comes to financing and and at the checkout points of our maybe online stores even offline stores because we're not happy with the kind of service that we are getting you know from the traditional guys out there and we need to have you know a gun in this battle right we just can't be like okay you know treat our customers however because i'm spending millions of dollars on marketing and imagine the customer coming there and finally deciding i'm going to buy this 20000 rupee phone but bajaj since of saying sorry you know i'm going to approve only 5% of your customers that's just a very very bad funnel right so you're going to see this across the board right right from maybe flipkarts of the world amazons of the world uh you know you're going to see this offline obviously with with traditional you know or i would say you know traditional businesses who you don't associate with you know financial services get into financial services because they just have no other i mean number one obviously it's they'll make a lot more money second is that they have data about the customer and actually they are in a better position to underwrite the customer than probably bajaj finsurf right especially when you think about the likes of you know payment gateways right when you think about the likes of you know razor pay when you think about insta mojo by the way this is already happening in us with square capital right so square uh, obviously is very similar to razor pay essentially innovate in india and square has started offering capital as you know to msmes right and the reason why they started offering loans to msmes is because you know if you're an offline store and you know in us obviously there's high uh, you know high amount of transactions which happen digitally they are able to understand the business model of the guy they are able to understand average amount of revenue that this guy earns and according to that they themselves power the loan to you know the merchant right and this is so important because obviously you know square has access to that kind of data but secondly it makes the customer even more sticky because the customer and the merchant will think you know 1000 times before switching away from square now because he'll be like you know square is just not like some processing you know hardware which i'm using to process digital payments it's actually my partner because it's providing it's like almost like my partner bank in a way which is providing me access to credit and if i shut off square probably i'm going to lose my access to you know even a loan right which is helping me scale up my business um and you know lastly honestly there is no other option right i mean as much as we can debate there is no other option and as i found out at farmeasy and i'm sure you know many online companies are finding out today you know you may raise millions of dollars hundreds of million 200 million dollars but when you want to scale up your platform your merchants need access to capital because if they don't have access to capital they just can't do the sale because they don't have the inventory and if it is your problem to figure out capital for them if you want to scale up your business right and i think that's where you're going to see you know companies like a zomato companies like an uber companies like an ola uh swiggy all of these guys right they are you know some of them we know are figuring out capital and whoever is not is going to be figuring out capital because it is such a massive opportunity and at the same point in time it is such a massive problem to solve correct now it's very very interestingly put out i think uh, someone mentioned every company wants to be a bank so i think uh, apollo finvest is, is is trying to solve that problem for for even online and offline companies um michael i wanted to understand uh, since we uh, are in the, in the midst of uh, covid 19 do you think consumer behavior and spending will change after Our, after covid 19 obviously the indian uh, you know corporates never thought we uh, employees could work uh, uh, remotely but it's it's finally happened but but what are the consumer behavior and spending uh, do you think might change uh, once this covid 19 thing gets over so i think you know talking a little bit on the fintech side of things right like i think right. you know at least you know what i expect over the next you know 12 odd months is the following right i think um 
number one thing i expect is basically you know and we are seeing this already in the fintech space i think there's going to be a lot of consolidation happening or a lot of companies shutting down right primarily because you know the problem essentially is right now that i you know i think almost 20 to 25% of the fintech uh digital lending companies uh will be in trouble at this point in time just because of the moratorium and how you know it's been made out in, in six months right it's very very difficult for you know companies to withstand that kind of uh especially digital lending companies to withstand that kind of you know lack of repayments coming in for a certain amount of time uh you know because a lot of them do end up have you know giving guarantees to lenders right when when they're kind of uh using their capital to lend and it's very difficult for them to sustain those guarantees because all of those agreements have certain you know clauses which means that you know the lender can come in and be like you know what i need my capital back beyond a certain amount of date which is going to lead to you know a lot of consolidation or probably companies just shutting down right so that's the number one thing uh so that's the negative side of thing the positive side of things right is that like the biggest thing that we've been telling all of our partners right is that just survive right uh you know just survive because if you do survive right you are going to see exponential tailwinds in this space because the demand is going to be sky high right and the traditional lenders are going to be you know are going to be busy sorting out their own you know rubbish in their books right the mess which has happened they're going to be busy sorting out their own mess now one of the advantages of being like a digital lender is by default you're small because you know you've been active you know this industry is like 5 6 years old right so you can't you're not that big you know uh and there are many ways by where there's a that that's a con but there are many ways that that's a pro as well right so you have less crap to sort out right so if you have less crap to sort out the opportunity really now is that how do you make a play for attracting customers on your platform which traditionally you would never have got access to because they would have gone to traditional lenders or you know traditional banks and not only do you provide you know credit to super credit worthy customers which would before not come to you and today are coming to you because you know traditional lenders have just dried up credit but most importantly the good and smart fintechs will figure out okay not only this you know we don't want to make this a one time thing right where in 12 months again this customer disappears the right fintechs today will be thinking of a platform play where you know i am attracting the customers coming to me right now because you know there is this very limited access to credit outside from the traditional guys but the real question to ask and the real problem to solve is how do you keep him engaged you know beyond just credit right because i mean fundamentally you know the good customers they're just not going to keep you know taking loans from you every month right that's just a cold hard reality because if a customer is taking loans from you every single month it's actually a bad customer right it's there's going to be a situation where one point or the other you know he's going to overburden himself and be in trouble so fintechs will need a strategy where you're just not you know lending 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 is not everything you need to think of you know other ways in which you keep him engaged on your platform so that he returns to you you know often right so that you're part of his life cycle and not just you know a requirement which he fulfills say once every two years right um so that's going to be a very interesting opportunity but you know the takeaway here is if you survive this hurdle you are going to get access to a massive market which is with reduced competition with access to customers which before you would never been have been able to access before and you must maximize on that opportunity and use this downtime to figure out a strategy of how you know you are going to be super powerful when these factors are in play right uh, the third thing is when you think about traditional lenders right like i already hinted at it before but you know they are going to be a little bit of a mess right now internally and we are already seeing all kinds of news coming out with you know all of the very very tra- uh, traditional lenders being little bit in you know little bit uh, or you know i'm being kind when i say little bit but uh, there's a lot of problems that they are kind of figuring out right now and there's going to be a very very weak market uh, you know from them from when, com- when it comes to lending over the next you know 12 to probably 18 months right and and the reality what people need to understand is that you know it's not about covid 19 in just covid 19 it's actually been happening if you look at the last two years there's been a lot of mess right especially in the uh, in in the lending slash digital lending world you know before this we had the ilnfs crisis you know uh, 
then there's been a lot of mucking about going around with what is ekyc what is not ekyc you know leaving a lot of uh, you know we talk about startups quite a lot right but the reality is there are a lot of very very large companies which are traditional companies set up with the whole concept of ekyc because you know they thought that would bring about a lot of you know cost reductions and that you know has taken forever to resolve right so a lot of a uh, lot of money has already been lost in one line right now it's going to take a lot for the traditional lenders to back, get back on their feet so what my expectation is with this whole work from home thing is the fact that risk is going to be super tight but one again massive opportunity that i see for again you know and this is for uh, fintech third party service providers not you know digital lenders per se is that traditional lenders are going to be looking for digital tools to you know do their existing workflows in in a much more efficient manner so they don't really want you know to take extra risk right in fact they want to take lesser risk but you know their existing workflows they want to optimize maybe when it comes to cost maybe when it comes to time maybe honestly just forcing the issue to do that digitally right because you're not sitting in the office and doing it right that's a huge opportunity right i mean there's an opportunity to reimagine a loan management system there's an opportunity to imagine reimagine the credit engine right make it all cloud first make it accessible remotely because a lot of these guys by the way when they work right they have you know they have on premise software which is just not suited for working from home because it's you know they access it through remote computers etc etc it's super slow it's it's a bit of a mess you know right now and you if you are a you know fintech service provider right where you're building software for uh, you know fintechs it's a fantastic time cuz now you can actually go in and offer that software to traditional lenders yes you have to make sure that it's really powerful from a security standpoint compliance standpoint and a regulatory standpoint because you're selling to you know enterprise uh, enterprise individuals but that's the massive opportunity right so uh you know i think you have to with every you know i think there's a very famous quote which says right every time there's chaos there's opportunity right so every problem is an opportunity and obviously in these current gloomy times it's very easy to just become like oh my god it's depressing and things are you know we're at the end of the world but the reality is that you know if you take the opportunities which come your way you will be much better for it you know 10 years from today because you would have i mean we are seeing something which is happening which is which happens once in 100 years right so we have to take this as an opportunity to be much more resilient and just learn from whatever we are doing right i mean honestly what else can you do right either you can just be like you know what i can't help it i'm just so screwed up because the other aspect of everything right is and this is something which nobody talks about for some strange reason but the reality is there is a huge psychological burden and emotional burden that we are all going to have to deal with by the way uh, very very soon right because you know this whole concept of social distancing and staying at home and you know all of this kind of stuff uh, you know it's just not a problem of actually work it's a it's going to create a problem of motivation and because fundamentally you know human beings are social creatures right so the reality is if you're just working from home and you really can't go out and enjoy and you know do something which is so you know human which is socially interact with each other i think you know companies and you know frankly everybody's going to have a problem of just motivating their own troops to work because okay. eventually people are just going to be like why am i working so hard what's the point right because i i can't enjoy anything right what's the point of me doing really really well at work maybe earning you know lot of money but i can't do anything with it right so okay. those are you know going to be like a big challenge which all companies have to figure out a way to solve okay. interesting and uh, uh you know i wanted to understand are there uh, are there new areas in fintech like mobile banking for underserved peer to peer lending uh, insurance uh, that is that's something very interesting because a lot of people don't look at insurance but uh, but you already talked about you know micro loans and lending uh, where do you see uh, you know the biggest opportunities uh, you know uh, going forward for 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 founders who want to get into into this space Oh, absolutely. So I would say that you know, you know, Apollo is building the AWS for digital lending, right? So I see, you know, similarly, I would love to see a company build the AWS for mutual funds, right? I would love to see the you know company build the AWS for insurance, right? Uh, I mean, honestly, the whole thing is like a white space, right? Because you know, I think 
best way to build a company right is to just imagine what the future looks 10 years from today right and fundamentally like you know it's it's predicting the future right so i mean i think everybody has to read the tea leaves make a bet and then you know build a part of the future that you know you feel you are best suited to you know build so right now no doubt about it i feel like there is a massive opportunity when it comes to building these two you know particular huge verticals in their own in in their own way but you know you know i'm i'm very biased but i, I genuinely feel like you know india needs a lot more um, you know infrastructure companies right because you know almost like every single company i've been a part of over the last 10 years right i've seen you know such you know i've seen repetitive softwares being built individually inside companies right which to me is a massive lost opportunity waste of time doesn't make sense at all right so i mean honestly the easiest way for a founder who's thinking about starting something right is honestly the best path is usually to work inside a fintech company for certain amount of time see what's happening see the stuff which you know your company is spending time building tools over and you know if you think that's a general purpose use case and there is a good chance that it is just build that software out and just you know hand it out across you know build a saas software right and the beautiful thing about saas essentially is if you get it right right you can actually scale it worldwide right cuz you know there are problems that you can solve on a global level or at least a you know for multiple countries if not if not you know on a global level and those are opportunities where i would really love for you know entrepreneurs and and fintech you know fintechs in general to focus on cuz you know once there is amazing infra to build on top of and once the barriers to entry become so low and you know by default people are operating on a certain standard right on standard amazing software the kind of innovation that's going to unleash and you know just the strength of it right is going to be phenomenal because right now it yet feels like you know we are in day zero of fintech in many ways where you know everybody's kind of just you know building the basics and getting up to a point where you know now we can really attack right i think we are not at that point and it's going to take like maybe 12 months you know 24 months maybe 3 years for us to get to that point because that's how good your os really needs to be right and once your os is there right and i mean we are there in terms of you know that's why i love companies like you know razor pay is a fantastic company right they're building like world class infra right and that's so powerful because you know now nobody has to really think about payment gateways right you think about payment gateway you think about razor pay right it's that's a solved problem so many of these kind of examples we need in the industry right so that if this is out there i think you know just the standards of the infra is so high then you know you can build really amazing stuff on top of it interesting and you know before the call we we talked about uh, cryptocurrency but but what are your thoughts on legacy businesses and uh, you know i i know uh, cryptocurrency could be a taboo topic but uh, but do you think uh, you know cryptocurrencies can disrupt uh, legacy uh, legacy businesses or legacy banks uh, what are what are your thoughts on that uh very honestly so i mean my take on crypto is i feel like you know it, it's just crying out for a use case right now you know uh, i think you know that's something which must be cracked you know uh, hopefully sooner rather than later right i mean le- let me put it this way right conceptually and theoretically right the way cryptocurrency is built is if you ask any technologists at heart they will always say that this is how money should work right where you know transferring money from i mean you know i've just faced so many problems myself being in this space that i wish you know we would just take some of the principles at least of cryptocurrency and apply it to fiat currency like you know the other day the craziest thing happened right like i mean and uh, and this is just you know just comes to the top of my mind where we had you know one of our you know one of the companies which are in you know one of one of the fintechs which are there in the us and they're you know setting up operations in india and you know they're using our software right uh, so they were paying us you know whatever our fees etc to set it up and you know they did a transfer and they do a transfer into our hdfc bank account and basically hdfc ends up blocking that that transfer right yeah. because uh like why is this coming in you know what's happening blah 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 and i'm like how i mean what is the problem right i mean it's not like i'm getting a transfer from some random company this is a company which is funded by you know top tier vcs in the world right this is not some random you know i can understand if some random company right it's 
it's it's like a series b company which has raised like 100 million plus dollars you can literally google about them and you know you'll see 25 links about them but but these kind of things which happen you know the other day again like you know i have my sister who's in london and i wanted to do a transfer to her you know from my account to her and by the way at least to my knowledge hdfc pretty much told me that if you have to do this transfer you need to physically you know sign up a form Correct. and come to a branch and make it happen like i have to go to a branch apparently there was no online way in which they could support me and this is like two weeks ago right which just felt absurd because i'm like now basically you're telling me that because there's a virus going out outside you're basically telling me you can't transfer money to who you want to like what's the point of it being my money if i can't do these things and i can understand we need obviously some kind of you know uh, frameworks so that you know we are preventing you know money laundering and we are preventing you know money being transferred to terrorists and all of that stuff right but you know uh, it can't be a situation where we are treating everybody as a terrorist right uh, because we just don't want money to come to terrorists right so yeah of course you know when it comes to crypto i think what's going to end up happening over a long long horizon of time right is that i think it's a space which definitely needs patience but i do hope while we are giving that space patience i do hope you know the the right guys in the room are you know paying attention to you know the underlying things that crypto really solves for and you know whether crypto becomes a reality or not i do hope that we do adopt some of the principles so that it just makes money a lot more easier right it's unnecessarily complicated today you know where it it just shouldn't be this way right you know it shouldn't be this way where you know to in order for me to transfer money to my own family or to my friends or to you know to do any of this stuff i have to jump through thousands of hoops and you know take approvals from banks who have nothing to do with my money right like i mean and this is just a pure consumer view right i'm sure there are many people who will contest and tell me that you know the rules are there for a reason of course they're there for a reason right i'm not stupid but you know can we do better is the question right can we have a better benchmark right like right. those are questions we need to answer correct right. um nikhil i'm putting on to the top three what's your favorite business book Ah, so one of my favorite business books uh, is, you know, Shoe Dog, right? So, yeah, uh, it, it that book should be a movie, right? Yeah. I, that's the best thing I can say. Uh, it's a lovely read. It's a lovely read. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you could go back in time when you started working on startups and started working on Apollo Fitness, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently? Well, I'll you know I've been doing this now for ten years, so. Uh, one of the advantages is that you know majority of the mistakes i could have made you know i have already made and you know suffered for them so uh, i'm you know i'm at least hoping i make little less mistakes now than i did you know 10 years back uh, but you know you never know but i think uh, if i talk about you know in general right like and i, I keep saying this you know to myself uh, because you know this is very important i feel right like i think you know the power of compound interest is very very powerful and you know the message here really is that a you know have high levels of perseverance you know because in this world we are kind of uh, you know i think everybody is becoming acclimatized to getting instant gratification right like you want instant success you want everything like you build a software you want instant sales like that's really become and that's a fault i mean i think even i do have right i mean uh, like this is a thing i've seen across the industry where people just give up too quickly or they just want too many things too quickly so i think one of the things which i constantly tell myself right is that you know believe in the power of compound interest you know uh, you know be in a space you know for a long amount of time to really build a career in it to have real insights in it to you know to have unfair advantages right um you know uh, this is something which i really kind of nowadays i've i've been kind of you know psyching myself up to that you know keep doing what you're doing build you know build stuff and eventually the power of compound interest will come back and you know give you all the interest that you know you've been working towards it's like a 100 year journey uh, yeah and uh, what's your favorite online tools example uh, gmail slack zoom oh so one of the ones which i've been you know using the hell out of right now is is superhuman wow. right uh, yeah like i mean huge huge fan uh, you know of that uh, you know it's just so powerful right i mean uh, like i mean in one line it just saves me so much time i i cannot 
you know stop recommending it to be honest uh if you are a person which gets a lot of emails and needs to be on the top of it and uh you know uh superhuman is something which is really really powerful way for you to manage your emails uh and just the speed of that software you know my god like who have, i mean you know rahul is obviously the founder there and i think he's done like a bang up job of it right like it's just like it's a software i just admire for many many reasons Yeah, yeah. Uh, email has not been disrupted for a long time. Let's hope you know superhuman is really able to take it to the next level. Uh, Mithil, what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about Apollo Invest? Yeah, I mean, uh, so I am available on Twitter. So you know, uh, my my handle is at the rate you know Mithil Inani. Uh, I'm sure you can just put it in you know maybe uh, the description of the video and uh, you know to know more about Apollo, you can just go on apolloinvest.com. uh we have a blog section there uh which we keep updating actually every you know two months or three months with just in general insights that we see in the fintech space we've written an article recently about what we expect you know in detail about how covid-19 is going to uh, you know impact fintechs and what we expect in the future and in general we write about you know some of the things that we are building at at apollo and you know uh, what our learnings are really in this space so do check that out uh you know that's that's where you can find information about me Correct. We will put that in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I really enjoyed speaking to you, and you have some great insights about about the fintech uh, opportunities out there in India. Best of luck to you. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, you know, pleasure being there on the show. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www. lifeselfmastery. com.